The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast powered by Jiffy Lube. He's Justin Dunk and I'm John Hodge and stay tuned. This upcoming week we're going to be having a brand new schedule for the podcast as we get closer to the CFL season. Today we're discussing Paxton don't flinch in the CFL pocket Lynch. Ooh and the league's potential adoption of revenue sharing. The CFLPA alleging that some teams are withholding Q's money from players. Man, Andrew Harris missing practice. We're talking about practice, Hodge. <laughs> and Solomon Elamimian's decision to remain retired. But first, Dunkster, the CFL actually provided some transparency today on Thursday regarding COVID-19 testing. Through pre-training camp and quarantine, 10 individuals tested positive out of approximately 6,000 tests. How do you view that number? Overall, to me, buddy, it's low. Now, there are some people that will say, well, the NHL got through an entire bubble season in Toronto and Edmonton, or partial season, I should say, really just the playoffs, without zero COVID tests. But to be quite honest, I find that hard to believe. So for once, Hodge, I feel like in a while, at least, we got to praise the CFL for being honest here because you got players literally coming from all over the world into Canada through many different situations, varying degrees of COVID-19, where they're coming from. So the fact that there were only 10, to me, I think, is a win for the league. I think so, too. And and part of this, obviously, is the vaccination process. It's been reported anywhere from 30 to 50% of players are vaccinated. Now, that's not coming from the CFL itself. That's some rumor mill things. But you know the point is young people in general if you look across united states and canada generally are a little bit on the lower end of the vaccine spectrum especially in certain areas of the united states where approximately half of the cfl's players come from however one thing that i think is working to the cfl's advantage is that a ton of these players have already had covid and gotten over it uh, which is an advantage because it's pretty rare. I'm not a scientist, but I think it's pretty rare uh, to get COVID twice. Uh, therefore, and, and Dunkster, we, we know some players behind the scenes who have had it. They didn't want it reported, but uh, I think that's an advantage. If you've got a good chunk of players who are vaccinated and a bunch of others who have had COVID, gotten over it, I think those things lend themselves to what I think as well, I agree with you, Dunkster, is a pretty good number for the CFL. Only 10 positive tests out of 6,000. I bet they'd take that any day of the week. And it's just the start, right? There are a lot of teams that I've talked to, Hodge, really all of them across the league, that are worried about the potential of a player testing positive during the season and being out for that 
base minimum time of at least 10 days. You know, I asked Craig Dickinson the question of, are you ready in case you get COVID? And no, I'm not wishing it on Coach Dickey, (laughs) but I'm saying, like, do you have a contingency plan in place that if you weren't on the sidelines and all the coaches, I'm sure, have thought about it, who would take the reins? Because we've seen those types of situations play out in a bunch of different sports. I mean, the reason it came to mind for me was because of Dominic Ducharme, the Canadiens head coach, doing the same thing and having to put Luke Richardson in there as the Canadians made the run to the final. So we're not over the hill yet. There's still the season in front of us. But the fact that it's just 10 to start, I think, is positive. Yes. And and here's the other reality. There's going to be COVID outbreaks, period, this CFL season. If there are no COVID outbreaks, it would be a miracle beyond miracles because like anybody who's been in a locker room before as a player, as a member of the media, whatever, can tell you that they are just petri dishes of hormones and bacteria. That is what they are. <laughs> there is nothing that goes into that room that's not going to get passed around that room. And if you've got players who are unvaccinated and players who who also have yet to have COVID, which they're, I don't know what the numbers are, but just the numbers game. If you've got you know, 50, 60, 70 guys in a locker room. Sure enough, there's gonna, there's bound to be guys who haven't had it yet and are unvaccinated. Those guys with things opening up and, 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 and you know, less and less restrictions happening all the time. More on that in a moment, especially at IG Field come August 5th. Uh, it's inevitable somebody's going to bring COVID into the locker room. And if it gets there, especially with some of the new variants that spread more easily, yeah, it's bound to happen. COVID's going to happen. Uh, some teams did encourage players to get vaccinated. Uh, Mike O'Shea, I found it interesting, did not say anything uh, to his players about getting vaccinated. They answered questions, he said in his media call uh, a few weeks ago. However, he did not tell them to get vaccinated. But ironically, he's one of the people promoting COVID vaccinations in Manitoba to the general public. So it, it's it's a hot-button issue. Some teams are touching it. Some teams aren't. But the point is, it's a mathematical inevitability. Someone's getting COVID this year. And as you said, Dunkster, we saw it in the NHL. We also saw it in the NFL, that debacle that happened, especially in Denver when they had the receiver playing quarterback. It was crazy. It's going to happen. And uh, you, you, I think it's great that you asked Craig, Craig Dickinson that because, uh, it's, again, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. The question is how bad will it be? And hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not bad at all. You mentioned locker rooms, and my mind just went to a place when I was at the University of Guelph, and some of the stuff that would go on that is not all right to be talking about on this podcast, but you're (laughs) right. There are a lot of things that happen in the locker room where viruses you know could potentially spread if not kept at bay, although I do think the testing has been pretty solid overall by the CFL. Let's get to it, Hodge. This might be my favorite topic Come every training camp, because I'm curious to see if one finally takes off in the CFL. The latest former NFL QB trying to make an impact in the CFL, Paxton Lynch with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It always creates a buzz, but rarely, if ever, have quarterbacks lived up to the hype. Can Lynch essentially make history? Well, I'll say this. I was in the media call when Paxton Lynch was speaking in the media uh, over Zoom in Regina, and... I wrote an article. You also wrote off of that as well, Dunkster. I encourage people to check that out at the site. I think he was his head seems to be in the right place. I don't think he's coming to the CFL big-timing it. Uh, he acknowledged that his NFL career did not go how he envisioned it. Right, He was a first-round pick in 2016, got kicked out 
of the the Broncos clubhouse two years later. Uh, and then he got passed around Pittsburgh, Seattle. Nobody really dressed him. And then all of a sudden he's out of football for a, an entire season. He didn't play in 2020. So I, I appreciated that he addressed things, didn't go the way that he wanted them to. And I also appreciated that he is trying to use the CFL as a springboard to get back to the NFL. Because guess what? 90 plus percent of Americans who come to the CFL, that's why. They're trying to get back to the NFL, whether they admit it or not. Um, and I appreciate the honesty. Do I think it's going to happen? Personally, no. But uh, I wish him the best. And, and who knows? I, I would love to see him step up, frankly, and be great. To me, I agree. It's certainly a long shot, but a lot of times in sports, we use stats and we want to apply them and say, oh, well, that's never going to happen or it's impossible. Well, part of the reason that we love sports, Hodge, is because it's unpredictable. It's not like a movie, that classic rom-com that you know that at the end, you know, they're going to get together and get married and walk <laughs> off into the sunset together and have that white picket fence life. Sports doesn't happen like that. So at some point, there's going to be a quarterback, especially that was drafted in the first round or a big-name superstar from the NCAA that was in the NFL that comes here and that has success. I'm not saying Lynch is going to be that guy, but to your point, he sounded like much different from all the quarterbacks that have come up to the CFL that thought they were going to dominate. Johnny Manziel, namely the most recent one, and here is a little bit of intel that I've gathered around the league. People are saying, hey, Paxton Lynch made over $8 million in the NFL. He had just bought a home in Denver with his beautiful wife, Gabrielle Walker, and his two kids. And he leaves that freedom in the United States right now because essentially COVID-19 doesn't exist there anymore. The pandemic's over for yeah. all intents and purposes south of the border. To come to Canada, be under all these restrictions in training camp potentially be housebound for a good chunk of the season. You know, hopefully they get loosened off a bit if the numbers keep going down. But, you know, he's willing to go through all this while also learning a new game and all the normal things that a quarterback would have to go through that's transitioning from the NFL. So the fact that he's giving up essentially his freedom living in the United States to come into lockdown and deal with all of these different protocols to me shows that he's serious about it. Does that translate on the field? There's only one way to know, but... Hodge, I'll leave you with this about Paxton Lynch. Jason Moss was a big, physical, strong-armed quarterback. Paxton Lynch, you can't argue it, big, physical, strong-armed quarterback. So when it comes down to it, and Moss really talked him up when he was on his melee availability at Mosaic Stadium, I wonder if Lynch has the inside track to at least make the roster there and potentially get a look if it ever comes to fruition. I'll say it right now. I think Paxton Lynch is definitely making the Riders roster. I don't think he's necessarily going to be the primary backup. And the rosters are a little different this year. Most teams will just be carrying the two quarterbacks. So maybe he's the reserve guy, right? The healthy scratch every game. But I think he makes the roster. I really do. And I'll say this, Dunkster. We were at CFL week. And I want to say it was 2018 in Winnipeg, right, when Josh Freeman was there as a member of the Montreal Alouettes. We interviewed him at the three-down booth, and you could see it from a mile away. This guy is not in the right spot to be making the CFL. And then a few hours later, we saw him in downtown Winnipeg smoking cigarettes <laughs> with the locals. Uh, and and re remember, this is also not a Vince Young situation where he comes, you know, he's been out of football, whatever, three, four years at age, you know, 30, whatever he was, 33, I want to say off the top of my head. Baxton Lynch is 27. He's not that far removed from playing in the NFL. 
and I totally agree with you. I think his head is on straight, or at least it's certainly the 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 best headspace I've seen for one of these high-profile NFL draft picks coming to the CFL. Does that mean he'll be successful? Not necessarily, but I agree with you. If I was to put money on any of these NFL guys being a success, I would put it on Paxton Lynch. But it's up up to him, of course, to make that happen. And dude, real quickly, he got four starts with the Broncos, completed over 60% of his passes. I'm not saying he's God's gift to quarterbacking, but your first round pick, you get four starts and then John Elway decides to move on. I'm not disputing the fact that Elway can't evaluate quarterbacks, although there's a lot of (laughs) critics out there that would say so. He was a great one himself, but he got four starts. Like That is nowhere near enough time to see if the guy can play. So I'm willing and curious to at least see what he can do up here. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach bod you've been working so hard to show off? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop down your worst weeds up top. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses 9,000 RPM motor powered by 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Ouch. Get 20% off for free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping. With the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com, escape the shrubs and weeds this summer with Manscaped. Dunkster Alouette's co-owner Gary Stern told the Montreal Gazette, the Board of Governors is close to adopting revenue sharing by the end of the 2021 season. It's about time, isn't it? Uh-huh. 100 would buy, be my emoji reply to that, buddy. <laughs> There's been so much talk about this in the league for years, and obviously, you know, the rich teams don't necessarily want to do it, but for the betterment of the league's future, and we've seen this work in other professional sports leagues, it needs to happen to make sure the CFL is viable. Hopefully, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it can potentially lead to it being an easier route to a 10th team coming into the CFL. Aside from that, Hodge, you've really done a deep dive into the league's finances during what I guess we'll deem the period where the XFL and CFL were talking about talking, how much of a benefit do you feel like revenue sharing is going to be for the CFL in the future? I, I think it's necessary, and there's there's been some skirmish and some rumor about this for a little bit. Um, Jake Goddard, the greatest commissioner in CFL history, said in the 1970s that the league would have folded had there not have been revenue sharing at that time. And let's remember, the 1970s, by and large, are like, it's one of the glory periods of the CFL. Um, you know, pe- people nowadays, when they talk about the CFL dying and being relevant, the 70s is like the golden age. They often point to like, ah, oh, things were only as good then or now, or things were only as good now. 
as they were then. Well, then they had revenue sharing, and the commissioner was on the record saying, without it, and, and again, stronger teams financially supporting the weaker teams each year, the league would be dead. And look, I get there are Ryder fans who don't want to see their hard-earned dollars flowing to MLSC and the Toronto Argonauts. But if the league is smart, I think there's lots of good ways to set this up. One idea that I floated out to somebody just the other day is I said, look, what if you had a system where for every dollar the Argos spent marketing themselves and could actually demonstrate they had, they could access a <laughs> league dollar they don't just get a check that's blank from the Riders and the Bombers and the Elks and the teams that make money. They have to put their own money first, and then they can access the pot to help fulfill that. <laughs> so essentially you're saying you want MLSE to show us proof that there's actually marketing money going towards the Argos. I that's want MLSE to give a damn about the Argos. That <laughs> is what I want, Dunkster. That is what it's not. It's not a complicated ask. I just want MLSC to remember, oh, yeah, we, we own a CFL team. All right, Hodge, you reported some CFL teams are withholding Q's payments from players. How is this even a thing, though? So I got hold of a CFLPA memo not too long ago. Essentially, what, what happened is players, because the season was originally supposed to start earlier, of course, and players were supposed to arrive for training camp on May 16th, players are entitled to cues that's the canadian emergency wage uh, uh subsidy that uh, employers can apply for and, and essentially what happens is employers go to the federal government they say hey look we need this money and the government kicks in 75 percent of the wage and the expectation is that the employer uh, fulfills the remaining 25 percent uh, some teams have already paid veteran players but some teams haven't because they feel as though rookies should not be entitled to this money because they weren't under contract before the 2021 season and after talking to the cra and their legal counsel the cflpa felt strongly that yes actually rookie players should be eligible for this because the season was supposed to start earlier it's not the player's fault that training camp started two months late so there are definite and i don't know the teams yet here the reporting is is has there, there hasn't been anything from us or anybody else on this since the memo. I'm still looking for details, but it's disappointing that certain teams are holding back Q's money because it, they got it from the feds, and frankly, it belongs to the players. It does, man. And we're talking about a COVID-19 pandemic where so many people have lost their jobs and there's been hardships, and you've seen various companies, I mean, to varying degrees, have at least some way of getting their employees extra money when all they got to do Hodge is pay 25% of their salary. The government is saying in this situation, we'll pay 75% of the players lost wages and the CFL is withholding the other 25%. So when Randy Ambrosi talks about caring for the players, and this is not his decision because he's at the league office, but I would like to see him for one, the commissioner's chair overall have more power, but kick those teams in the butt and say, hey, pay the players. It's a bad look that even some of the teams in the CFL would withhold this money coming out of a pandemic. We're still in it, obviously, but I mean, coming out of a pandemic and trying to get back on the field. And it's only 25% to make the players whole. Like, just get off your wallet and do it if you want to run a league that has the word either pro or professional in it. I get it, boss. I get it. McMaster University hired two female assistant coaches, three-down contributor Amanda Ruller and Taylor McIntyre. 
How long until a CFL team hires a female coach? Dude, it should have been yesterday, weeks ago, years ago. The CFL likes to pump out their chest and say that they're innovators in the space and that they're so diverse and they had the diversity of strength shirts, yet we have not had one female coach in the CFL and it's exploding in the NFL. There were a couple female coaches on the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So to me, it's surprising that it hasn't happened. And to be quite honest, Amanda Ruler, yes, we're biased. She's a great social media following. Essentially, whatever she touches seems to turn to gold. If you're the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, how have you not brought this girl in in some capacity? She is a provincial record holder in a couple of different Olympic lifts, I believe. Knows what she's doing. Literally, like coaches... University football players there in Saskatchewan in terms of speed and strength and various things to help get them ready for the season. So, you know, the Riders could have easily brought her in in that capacity. She's right there. But no, she's got to go out of the province and go to McMaster. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because it could potentially open up new horizons. But this should have happened a long time ago, man. Yeah, Amanda worked with Robbie Lowe's linebacker out of the University of Regina and I know that there were teams who told me that he was a big riser late. I mean, he got picked by the Bombers in, the, I believe it was the fourth round, might have been the third, uh, back when the draft happened in May. And he was somebody who, yeah, they said, yeah, he, he, he shot up our draft board because after Amanda worked with him, they sent the videos out to teams and he showed athleticism. And let's remember there was no uh, U-Sports season in 2020, but a long time since teams saw him work out. He was also getting over COVID uh, through through February and March. So she worked with him and boom, all of a sudden he shoots up draft boards. There are women uh, all over the place in this country and the United States who deserve the opportunity to coach at the professional level. And uh, I'm very appreciative that McMaster has gone out and hired two female coaches. I agree with you, Dunkster. I hope this is a bigger thing moving forward. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Star Bombers running back Andrew Harris will take it easy for the next couple weeks, according to head coach Michael Shea. Are we seeing the start of a load, load management trend in the CFL made famous, of course, by Kawhi Leonard when he won that NBA title with the Raptors? Uh, no, I think this is a Andrew Harris is injured and Mike O'Shea won't talk about it trend. Mind you, it's not a new trend because it's been going on since Mike O'Shea became the head coach of Winnipeg. Uh, this is what Mike O'Shea does. He does not talk about injuries. And I'll say this too. I, I've been in a lot of media availabilities over the last couple weeks. Um, and it's been refreshing, right? Craig Reynolds or Craig, uh, pardon me, uh, Craig Dickinson comes out to Saskatchewan and says, yeah, Jordan Williams Lambert has a cut hand. He's going to be out for the next seven to 10 days. And, or, and, uh, uh, Michael Shake comes out and says, oh, Andrew Harris had an appointment today. Uh, I don't know what kind of appointment it was. Hair, nails, massage, COVID vaccine. But apparently it was an appointment, and now he's just not practicing for a couple weeks. Listen, I think it's fine when teams don't want to give the tiniest, itty-bitty little detail about player injuries, but trying to say that he's has an appointment and now he's taking it easy, it's it's silly, to be quite honest. It's silly, Dunkster. It is, and in this instance, let's just put this in a vacuum right now. Andrew Harris is from where? Winnipeg. Yep. You're telling me that whatever appointment he had to go to, he either didn't know about it in advance around the football schedule or that any place 
in the capital city in Manitoba wouldn't say, hey, Andrew, we know you play football, man. You were the Grey Cup MVP, the most outstanding Canadian, the first guy ever to do that in Grey Cup history. Like, just come after practice. So that appointment thing is so bogus, and it's a bold-faced lie. And to me, it's disrespectful, not to the media, but to the fans. Don't say that he's going to an appointment. Like, let's get over this BS already. And we're not even in the season with it and all the games that are played. And I get it. It's competitive and you don't want to give anybody an advantage. But to me, that does not curry favor with your fans who ultimately, Hodge, pay your salary as the head coach. So, moving on. I do think there is going to be some sort of a trend of load management during training camp. Braylon Addison, for example, in Hamilton, a CFL All-Star in 2019, had something come up during his physical examination for training camp. The Ticats aren't pushing him to get on the field, nor do they need to. Orlando Steinauer said they want to see him run around a little bit before the season. But I think we're going to see across the league, and O'Shea touched on this as well, that the Bombers have a veteran team, and there are lots of other veterans around the league that might not necessarily be going balls to the wall for the entire training camp. Yeah, and we gotta we gotta take a quick break, but I just want to add two things. One, let's not forget Andrew Harris was suspended for PEDs in 2019, and when he leaves practice, and but then he's there and he's not practicing. If you don't give a reason why, then I and I'm not saying anybody in the media speculated this, but I received a bunch of messages from fans saying, "Hey, has he tested positive again? Has he tested positive?" So when you are purposely unbelievably ambiguous about the reason. Sometimes people suspect the worst, which is why O should just come out and say, hey, yeah, he got banged up. It's an upper body or it's a lower body, and he's going to be out a couple weeks. That removes all the speculation. That's all you got to do, but he didn't do that. The second thing I'll say is yes. As much as Harris, they should have been more clear. They, they do have a bunch of young guys behind him. Johnny Augustine, Brady Oliveira, uh, Kyle Borsa. They got even Nick Dembski. So, yeah, I appreciate them getting more time, but it's silly. Just, just, just say it. Just say it. Anyways, Dunkster, we got to take a quick break. After we're back, it'll be time for Hodges Heritage Moment. It's now time for Hodges Heritage Moment. On this day in 2009, Winnipeg Blue Bombers head coach Mike Kelly held a press conference to address one of their scouts being ejected from a Hamilton Tiger Cats practice. The team repeatedly called the matter a, quote, non-issue and insisted that it was being, quote, handled internally. Kelly's comments were a hot-button issue in the peg and typified the dysfunction that plagued his team during his one-year stint as the team's bench boss dunkster. I don't know if this was a huge thing nationally at the time. This is already, you know, going back 12 years. But in Winnipeg, this was front-page news for a long, long time. Dude, it's so perfect you brought this up because I was literally talking to a couple people about this exact incident <laughs> recently. And the scout, in air quotes, all right, was wearing Winnipeg Blue Bombers gear and sitting on the opposite side of the field where the fans would normally watch practice. So you're trying to do this in an undercover way. Number one, you think, I'm just going to get up today and go scout to Ty Cat's practice as a super sleuth. 
but I'm going to wear Bombers gear. I'm going to sit on the opposite field where nobody is supposed to be. And when the Ticats personnel go over there and see a guy wearing Bombers gear, immediately what do you think comes to their mind, Hodge? You know, Dunkster, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg in Winnipeg. There was a ton of dysfunction throughout Mike Kelly's reign. But you know where there's never dysfunction? My car. Because guess what? These days, I take mm. it to Jiffy Lube. They hook me up. Things are working fantastic. The service is first rate. They bring me a nice coffee. I sit and I read the newspaper while they work on my car, take care of all my needs, clean my air filters. It's a fantastic place to be. Check out Jiffy Lube for all of your auto needs. Yo, I feel you, buddy. Sometimes in the past, I used to look at those stickers that they gave you after you got an oil change. I was like, I think my car can go a little farther. But with how easy it is at Jiffy Lube and the process is super smooth, literally roll your car in there, you're in and out in a Jiffy, and my overall value of the car is staying up kept. So shout out to the boys and girls and everybody at Jiffy Lube. It's now time for the three-minute drill, powered by Jiffy Lube. Reigning CFL Most Outstanding Defensive Player Willie Jefferson touts the Bombers' defensive end tandem as the best in the league. Is he wrong? Man, the way that he said it with those sunglasses on and his swag, I ain't going to tell Willie J that he's wrong. Hodge, <laughs> you reported teams reached out to Solomon Elamimian and he's staying retired. What would make him come out of retirement, though? A couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe? Well, at this point, I have a hard time seeing it happen. But as we all know, money talks. I guess you never know. Argos head coach Ryan Dinwiddie is growing, quote, impatient with former NFL receiver Martavis Bryant not showing up to camp. Will he ever play it down in the CFL? Dude, the way it's trending, it does, sure doesn't seem so. And some people have referenced that he had the violations in the NFL of their policies, you know, involving Mary Jane, and that might not allow him to get across the border, but he's got to get his passport an issue, or he's going to run out of time in training camp, man. It's coming up pretty quick. Former number one overall pick, Canadian offensive lineman Shane Richards lost 70 pounds during the pandemic. How is your COVID weight, Hudge? No comment. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you Elks. sound like Michael Shane. <laughs> I do. Elks, yeah, my weight has an appointment, bro. My weight has an appointment. <laughs> Elks receiver Greg Ellingson said, quote, empty the bank accounts, end quote, to post media on Edmonton, winning over five games in 2021, odds courtesy of our friends at Bodog Canada. Where is your money on that, Dunkster? Sign me up. I might think about emptying my bank account that I have, bro, as savings on that. Five, bro, that Edmonton offense is stacked. The defense is young. They got pass rushers led by Kweku Botang. Enough said. Winnipeg has announced it can host a capacity crowd for the season opener. Hodge, will you be there? And does it make you more jacked for kickoff in August? I cannot wait, Dunkster. I'm going to be there with my 33,000 closest friends. We're going to watch some football and have a grand old time. I cannot wait. I, I always get jacked for CFL games. I've never been more jacked to attend a CFL game than the one on August 5th. Beast defensive lineman Micah Johnson is confident the Riders can definitely replace Charleston Hughes' production. Are you? Dude, we're talking about a sack-a-game guy in Charleston Hughes when he was in Saskatchewan. 34 games, 31 sacks. That's going to be real difficult to do, so I don't know if I'd be saying definitely. If you had to bet right now, Hutch, 
right now. Who are the starting QBs for the Tiger Cats and Argonauts come week one? I don't care what anybody said. Money makes the world go round. Who got the money? Jeremiah Mazzoli and Nick Garbuckle. The starters in Hamilton and Toronto, Jeremiah Mazzoli and Nick Garbuckle. End of story. <laughs> Last one, Dunkster. Riders head coach Craig Dickinson said this week, the people of Canada should be proud of the CFL. It's high quality, high caliber league. I say to that, damn straight.